0: Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Talking Twenties. My name is Taylor White. Thank you for joining me for episode three today. I am currently at babysitting. (laughs) I have had just a hectic week with uni and work, and I've really struggled to find an hour of my day where I can sit down guilt-free and just talk because I feel like I should be doing assignments or just that I have other priorities that need to get done first. So I decided tonight that kids are in bed. Hopefully we can go, get through without any interruptions. And I decided I'll just sit and talk. I'm actually kind of cozy. I got a little corner of the couch, bit different to my usual setup. So I'm, there might be a bit of a quality difference. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to push through, hopefully. We're going to at least start the episode. Um, the other disclaimer I wanted to give is that you may notice, or you may not, I'm not sure, but my throat is not 100% and I don't think, feel like I'm losing my voice, but I just, it hurts. <laughs> so if it's a little bit more raspier than usual, that is why I feel like I have not recovered since I had COVID in January. I have just had this constant underlying sore throat and runny nose for like what five months now and I'm not kidding. I just feel like I've, n- I've been at 80% since I had COVID. I'll have this underlying sickness and then every now and then it will spike and I'll get like so sick and have this flu That will wipe me out for like a couple of days. A month ago-ish, it wiped me out for five days. Uh, And then about a week ago, it wiped me out for two days. And then eventually I just have to get up. And it's hard because I know that what I need right now to kind of kill this off is to like stop and rest. I feel like I need to go on a retreat for a week and just sleep And I've been trying my best to do that. I've been trying to sleep when I feel like I need to. I've not been exercising um, intensely. I haven't been able to (laughs) exercise intensely since I had COVID. That's the other thing is the fatigue. Anyways, I just feel like I can't properly give my body what it needs because I have so much. Like nothing else stops. Uni doesn't stop. If I don't go to work, I don't get paid. So eventually I have to push through it. So that's what I think has kind of been not helping is that I give myself as much rest and as much time to recover as I can. But at some point I have to get out of bed and I have to just get back into it. So hopefully I'm just going to get through this semester and then maybe take like a week where I don't work and I can just recover properly. But what I'm trying to say is that today I'm feeling it. My throat is sore, slowly losing my voice, but we'll we'll persevere. And at the end of the day, <laughs> there's not much else I can do about it. Getting into the, today's episode, I'm going to stop giving all these disclaimers. I have a recommendation for this week. I shared it on my Instagram stories at Taylor White, and it is an article from Vanity Fair. It is a two-piece article and I initially clicked on it because it's about a Grey's Anatomy writer and I love Grey's Anatomy so I was intrigued but I highly recommend reading it even if you have no idea, nothing to do with Grey's Anatomy. Regardless, I highly recommend. So it is a story on a Grey's Anatomy writer called Elizabeth I don't want to give too much away but basically she says that she's using her own personal stories to write to write into some of the characters in Grey's Anatomy turns out that a lot of these basically all of these personal stories personal things that have happened to her are made up or are other people's stories it's really I haven't seen Inventing Anna but it reminded me of that whole story she basically creates this whole life and person uses that um, in her career and to write Grey's Anatomy and then turns out it's all lies it's just one of those stories where you read it and you just keep getting shocked and shocked and shocked by the the facts that are uncovered throughout the story you think it's going to go one way and then it goes another way it's really really good so Highly recommend. I will link that in my description show notes. It's a pretty easy read, um, pretty quick read. I read it in, I think, 10 minutes and I was very invested. So, yeah, that is a great article that I stumbled upon this week. And that's my one recommendation. I'm going to keep it to one recommendation because last week I went a bit off the rails and gave you three. I think that was just me, I was just excited. So I've made a promise to myself, only one recommendation a week. Getting into the topic of today, straight into it, I stumbled upon an article from medium.com. Basically I was Googling um, something like, what to avoid spending your money on in your twenties. And I came across this article And it's called Seven Things I Don't Spend Money On In My Twenties. And I was reading through it and I just thought it was really interesting and I had a lot of thoughts about it and I was kind of reflecting on it in my head and I thought I would make it into an episode. So this author has gone through the seven things that they don't spend their money on in their twenties. And I'm going to tell you my thoughts on if I think you should or if I think you shouldn't spend your money on those things. The reason that... I wanted to talk about this topic and obviously I was googling this for a reason is because money has been a really interesting topic for me this year before I go into it I want to say that I really acknowledge my privilege and what I'm talking about um is very relative my money situation whilst I say that it was hard and that it was stressful I was still able to cover my rent and cover my bills and buy food. So in no way am I ignoring the privilege of being able to afford all of that. Um, But yeah, just wanted to give that disclaimer before we go into the rest of the episode because I don't want you to think that I am completely ignorant of how lucky I am to be in this financial position. But I'm talking more today about the extra money. I don't have any savings at the moment. And up until literally this week, uh, which is crazy because that's just random timing that everything is starting to pick up with work and with income. But up until this week, I have really uh, been struggling with my money uh, and getting income. It's a really kind of complicated situation with work and stuff. But long story short, I have spent the past couple of months being able to cover the essentials And just having a a lot less money to spend elsewhere. It was obviously not a nice thing to um, experience, you know, second or constantly having money on your mind. But it also gave me an opportunity to really look at where my money was going, where I wanted my money to go and where my money values lied and that's what today's episode is about Um, I'm not going to go too much into my personal situation and everything but that's the reason why I have um, I find this topic really interesting and why I wanted to talk about this today because honestly last year when I had savings I wouldn't have had so many thoughts about this topic but the past couple of months I've really been able to reconsider my money values now that or eventually when I do have savings it's going to be good for me in the long run because I know where I want my money to go so I could do a whole episode on things that I personally don't align my money values to Um, but it's very individual and I think doing an episode like that would be a waste of time because I think, for example, I, it doesn't come up in today's episode, but coffee. So part of a routine that I've put into place, part of something that I've been doing for my well-being, has involved allowing myself to buy coffees out, not all the time, in moderation. So I do it two to three times a week. I'm allowed to buy a coffee out coffees are expensive and when I was on a really tight tight budget recently I was not letting myself buy coffees which is fair enough but I also realized that a money value for me I really I care about my my coffee and I it brings me happiness when I get to go to a cafe and enjoy a coffee if it's takeaway I get to go for a walk if it's uh, uh dine in I get to sit in And enjoy the cafe experience. So that's something to me, it's a very individual money value. But for someone else, they might realize that they're wasting a lot of money on coffee that actually doesn't bring them any happiness. And that actually, they don't really care at all about where they get their coffee from when they could just have it at home. So instead today, I wanted to use these seven pretty general, pretty um, basic spending habits that this author has outlined because they are probably the most uh, common to all of us. So, okay, I'm going to stop introing <laughs> and get into number one, streaming and gaming services. So my thoughts on this are, is about being selective and in moderation. So when I was thinking about this, I have quite a few uh, streaming services But I actually don't pay for any of them. I stinge off other people. So we can get into the morals of that (laughs) at a different time. But in full transparency, that's what uh, the current situation that I'm in. But even if I was paying for them myself, I was reflecting on this and thinking um, how much value does, for example, having Netflix give me. If I'm paying $17 or whatever it is a month, is it worth that to me? And I personally think yes, um, because for me, it's important for my downtime and I find it stimulating. Um, there's a lot of crap on there that I watch, but there's also a lot of informative uh, eye opening stuff that I get a lot out of and Also, it makes me happy. Um, I get a lot out of lying in bed and watching a Netflix movie. That's an ultimate form of self-care for me. So for me, I value this downtime and I value Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever for allowing me to have that. But I also think that this has to be in moderation. I think the reason that I feel this way like I'm happy with watching Netflix and having Netflix and having all of those streaming services is because I do it in moderation and because I also balance my downtime with reading if I was addicted to Netflix or if I was watching it every night or if I was procrastinating uni to do to watch Netflix then I would reconsider that and I know that that's a thing for a lot of people Personally, I would hopefully be able to have the courage to be like, okay, maybe we should cancel this for a month and revisit it once you've learnt to balance your downtime with a good array of activities that don't just include staring at a screen. Also, it's a gaming services. I don't game. So, but I think the same goes, honestly, in moderation, if it makes you happy and if it gives you valuable downtime, then yes. Okay. Number two is a car. So this is a massive expense that if you don't need it, it is definitely good not to have. Um, that's my first thought on it is this is such an avoidable expense a lot of the time. So yes, I agree with this, but in my situation, I have a car here in Melbourne. This is how I justify having it here. Firstly, again, in transparency, I didn't buy it. Um, it was handed down to me. And if that wasn't the case, then I wouldn't have a car at the moment. But the fact that it was available for me I could justify using it. For me, firstly, it opens up opportunities. For example, my job as a behavioral therapist requires me to do a bit of travel uh, multiple times a week and I wouldn't be able to sustain that if I didn't have a car. So that is the main reason why I have it here is so that I can get to and from work. But I also live in the city of Melbourne So I am very conscious of not taking advantage of having a car and try to use uh, public transport and trams wherever possible um, or my bike. So I don't really drive. I sometimes do. I drive to to uni every now and then, but I always have a valid reason for it. I don't let myself do it if I'm just going to be lazy Um, It's normally because I have to go straight from uni to drive somewhere else or something like that. But not taking advantage of it obviously lowers the cost because I don't use as much fuel or anything like that. I'm smart with fueling up as well. Um, I've learnt a couple of fuel hacks uh, including rolling or not accelerating downhill. Keeping the fuel tank above half full because apparently it evaporates faster once it's kind of below half empty or half full, not starting off the traffic lights really fast, just kind of easing into it. Those are some random hacks that I learned. You're welcome if you didn't know any of them. Uh, But I'm definitely more conscious of when I fuel up, checking fuel prices, uh, conserving fuel as best as possible. Again, not using my car all the time. And the other factor um is that we have a garage as part of our lease that has two parking spots and so I don't have to pay for parking and it's just so convenient and we had two spots so my thought process was well I may as well use it but I go back to my initial point which was if you don't need it I think it's an easily avoidable expense especially when you live in the city Um, it's just so easy to get around. There's also a helicopter currently hovering above where I am and I waited for about five minutes for it to pass, but it's not. So I really apologize if you can hear that in the background, but I'm going to keep going on. The next one is alcohol. Unpopular opinion from a 20 year old. I reckon this is one of the most easily avoidable expenses, um, because I've definitely become more savvy when I've been drinking because I realised over the past couple of months... I'm not a big drinker anyway, but in the past couple of months when I was really tight on spare money to spend, I rarely spent that on alcohol. So my money value is definitely not in alcohol. That's because I firstly drink less than people my age. I don't drink as often. This is a generalisation, but I compared to my friends and my peers am not as heavy of a drinker Uh, for my health but also for money reasons like if I have $50 to spend I would spend it anywhere else except for alcohol it's probably one of my lowest money priorities if I know I can have a good time without drinking I'll have like one drink maybe two cheap drinks drinks or I'll pre-mix a drink before I leave and then that's basically my night. If I know that I can have a good night without drinking, if I don't think that I'm gonna have a good time without drinking then I probably won't go <laughs> because that's just a red flag in the first place for me. Um I think for me sometimes when I feel anxious and I'm like oh I just need to be drunk and then I'll, it'll, it's all good I'm like, well, why am I going in the first place? You can't use that to cover up, obviously, some anxieties or discomfort that you have around going, so just don't go. But (laughs) I guess the only time that I would spend more money on alcohol is for a nice occasion, my birthday or at a nice restaurant. Then I will weigh up if I think that buying a $20 cocktail is worth it to me. But I think what I've learnt the most is that I don't, I can't act on impulse with money. And I really hope that I don't lose that because when I was really, really um, hesitant with my money and constantly considering where my money was going, I never acted on impulse. I was never like, oh, whatever, like $20, why not just do it and then go home and be like, I can't believe I wasted my $20 on a drink that I didn't even need because I really didn't care that much if I was, if I had it or if I didn't. So I really hope that I don't ever lose that um, awareness and thoughtfulness because no matter how much money you have, money is money. And I think the second that you start loosening your money values is when, I don't know, your money habits get bad or you just kind of start throwing away money that could be used elsewhere. Anyway, back to the, to the drinking. My conclusion was that it is a very easy place to cut down on drinks. It just depends on how much you're willing to cut down. Some people, like, fair enough if you are the type of person who loves going out multiple times a week and you get really energised off having drinks or um, going to a club and having a heap of drinks or even just going out to dinner and having drinks. Fair enough, you don't mind if your money goes towards alcohol because you value the experience that it gives you. My experience with alcohol is that it drains me. It deflates me. It makes me anxious. I don't have a good time. I feel like it's bad for my mental health. I wake up feeling exhausted and gross. So (laughs) that's just me. Um, So why would I bother? Or why would I spend so much money on alcohol when... It's just going to do that to me. But a very individual thing. So something to ponder. Uh, but I've I've learned and realised that I don't care if I'm not drinking as much as anyone else. Alrighty, moving on to charity. This one is hard, but I'm sure very relatable. I don't think that anyone expects a 20-year-old student to be donating to charity if they're like most students or like most people in their early 20s. My thoughts on this are currently it's not a priority for me to donate money to charity but instead I am currently really focused on being involved in charity so um looking at you know volunteering that's not you don't have to donate money but you can donate your time uh Donating items even to like Salvo's or vinnies, again, doesn't cost you anything. Or just kind of spreading awareness, um, being a voice in for, you know, causes that you care about. So I think money wise, I don't, I can't donate to charity at the moment. But that is not to say that we cannot support charity in another way. So I'm working on doing that in my own life, finding the time to uh, do that. Okay, number five, device upgrades. This one is the killer. Uh, I'm sure a lot of students, anyone who has multiple devices will agree. They are so costly. I would hate to calculate how much money has been spent on my devices over the years. Because I have a laptop, I have a phone, I have AirPods, an Apple Watch and they break. Stuff goes wrong with them that you have no control over. They're just so expensive. In terms of upgrades, my current position on it is I will use a device until it's basically dead. Um, And I'm going to say that that's not how I was a couple of years ago. This is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's relevant because I wonder if there's anyone else who feels the same. I am a perfectionist in a lot of aspects, but also in a physical aspect, (laughs) surprise, surprise, but scratches, for example, on my phone. When I was in, I would say like all through high school up until maybe last year when I started working on this, but if I had a scratch on my phone, it would send my mind into disaster land. I am such a perfectionist in that way that the slightest imperfection freaked me out. Um, and this is a whole other episode on perfectionism, but I had to rework all of that, um, all of those cognitions and those thinking patterns. And now I embrace imperfections. My phone is bashed up. Um, I have cracks the whole back screen is cracked I have scratches all over it the sound doesn't work um like when I'm speaking to someone on the phone my laptop has a crack in it and it's okay and I've learnt to be okay with it so again a whole other story for another time but it's just funny now seeing how far I've come since that because if I had the money at the time and I got a scratch on my phone. I don't know if I would have gone and got it replaced, but say the the if I got a crack, straight away gone and replaced it. Now if I crack the front of my phone, if it still works, I'm going to use it until the day that it dies. So yeah, my thought on it is I will use my phone until it's basically dead. It is coming to the end of its life and I'm starting to stress because I am going to need a new phone in the next year, I can tell. If it was say a year old and the new iPhone just came out in my current money position and the money position that I see myself to be in within the next year, I don't think that it is a money value of mine to go splurging on the new iPhone every time it comes out. My other thought on uh, devices is that a working device is an investment. If my laptop starts being really slow, um, starts like breaking I don't know isn't working at its full capacity but is still working if I have the money to I will likely um invest in a new laptop or getting it fixed because for me I value uh the productivity and the function uh that it gives me it would be an investment to upgrade because I'd get more work done I'd make more money Again, another complex one and another very individual one. So I'm really interested this week to see your thoughts on this whole thing. Um, Because I reckon this is one of the most decisive or just individual things to discuss. Money and money values and where your money goes. Alright, second last one, sugary drinks. I feel very strongly about this one and my answer is definitely not I don't spend money on sugary drinks or sugar a majority of the time So part of this part of the reason that I've realized this is I have been at the grocery store and I've been like okay I'm gonna spend forty dollars on my groceries this week so I go through and I go get all my groceries for the week and then if I have a five extra five dollars to spare instead of going and buying, uh, chips or drinks anything sugary I would a hundred percent much rather go and buy s- fruit vegetables spinach frozen fruit meat and maybe that's just the adult in me <laughs> because I'm learning now that I'd much rather eat healthy you know nourishing food than chips not saying that I don't want to eat chips all the time, but when I have $5 left, that's where my money will go. So the value of that $5 to me is so much higher when I spend it on something like fruit, veggies, etc. Okay, number seven, last one. Interesting one, uh, a bit out there. Attention, I'm going to quote what... The author said in the article. They said, We are all social creatures and need a certain degree of validation and attention from our social groups. But as with any other behavior, a compulsive need to grab other people's attention is really harmful, not only to our mental health, but also financial health. I think I'd thought about this to some degree in terms of we talk about the effects of comparison and of doing things and buying things for social validation. But it's interesting looking at that from a financial perspective. My view on this uh, spending money on attention is obviously not, definitely not. I will only ever buy something for me. I have a funny thing for trends, not saying that I don't play into trends, but saying that Trends are funny <laughs> because when you have the money for trends or for, um, okay, Miss, Mr. Winston jumpers, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't want one <laughs> and that I like the look of them, but not having the money to buy it or not having the money to to justify buying it, um, I, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I, there's, it's made no impact to me not having it versus having it, but I could probably guarantee you that if I had all the money in the world, I would buy a Mr. Winston hoodie because it is the thing and everyone's wearing them and they look so cool. But I don't succumb to trends easily uh, or as easily as I used to. The things that I buy, I buy first and foremost for me. They have to elevate my self-esteem and my happiness Or I won't buy them. And I think just generally speaking. This doesn't go just for clothes. But uh, makeup. Even like a new device. Or something that you feel like other people have that you don't have. Or that you're going to impress other people if you have it. Or you're going to be up to their standards if you have it. I feel like it is a waste of money. If you are buying something for that reason. Then for the reason that... First and foremost, it is gonna elevate you and elevate your mood, uh, make you happy. Um, For example, I put not a lot of money, uh, maybe $50 into a Mecca purchase about a month back. And it was funny because I was considering it, I was like, right, so I would say that I'm in a bad financial situation right now. Yet here I am in Mecca buying makeup and I had this real realisation or kind of thought where I went through well why am I buying it because if I'm gonna buy it because I think I need to look prettier when I go out or when I go to uni or whatever then I need to get out of here but it wasn't because of that it was because I felt like I wanted to treat myself it felt like I felt like I wanted to pamper myself and to boost my self-esteem I bought this cheap blush stick that Mecca brand one. it was like maybe $12 and it's not the one that I've been seeing everyone using that I've wanted for so long it was like the cheap version but having that and it's just added a new part to my makeup and it makes me feel good and I feel I get excited when I want to put it on like this sounds so surface lovely but honestly I get a lot out of that small makeup purchase. So, I mean, we could talk about this forever, um, this attention topic in so many different aspects of our lives. But my conclusion of attention is absolutely not. And I think my final point (laughs) is that I think that it also requires us to actually ask ourselves tough questions when we're buying things of, am I actually buying this for me or am I buying this because I w- want to uh, live up to a social, you know, norm or fit in or this person's got it and I was jealous because I did that and I call myself up on it often and we've we've all done it and I think it takes a lot of work and a lot of uh, self-reflection and... Um, being able to be honest with yourself and being like, I want this, but I don't want it for the right reasons. And am I happy with spending my money? Because you might be happy with spending your money on that just to get the validation from someone else. But I absolutely don't think that that money is worth the validation from someone else. I think you need to put that money into you buying things that will uplift you and that align with where you want your money to go. And as I've said, that is different for everyone. And hopefully this episode has been insightful or thought provoking. Before I go, I wanted to shout out the she's on the money podcast because I can't tell you a specific episode, but kind of an underlying uh, recurring theme throughout the podcast is that everybody's money values are different And that you shouldn't feel bad uh, for putting money into something that makes you happy. So, like I said, the coffee thing, for me, that is a money value of mine. And for some people, they get nothing out of their morning coffee. So, stop wasting your money on buying a coffee every morning uh, when you actually don't care about (laughs) the quality of the coffee. But for me, I get a lot out of having a coffee at a cafe and having that experience. So... That's where the idea of money values has come from for me is the She's on the Money podcast and there's heaps of great tips on that podcast so I highly recommend listening to it anyway. I'm going to wrap this episode up here. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this one over on Instagram at talking20spod on Saturday. I apologize for the helicopter that has been hovering this whole time. <laughs> it is one of those episodes I keep forgetting to mention, please uh, follow me on Spotify and download my podcast on Apple Podcasts. The best thing that you can do as well is rate and review my podcast. Uh, When you do that and when you follow and download, that is how my podcast can be recommended to uh, other listeners and obviously I'm an independent podcast it's just me doing this whole thing so reaching people uh naturally and through that way is a massive help to me and I appreciate it so much thank you guys so much again for listening I will see you in my next podcast next Tuesday bye